Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the JRPG Report, episode 115. My name is James Fisher. I'll be your host for the next, I'd say, 30 minutes or so. It's not going to be a very long podcast. Don't have any real big stories to get into, but we've got some fun things to talk about. And I'm going to kind of save all my Xenoblade Chronicles talks for the end of the podcast, as it's definitely more of me just talking rather than news. And uh, we want to keep the news part to the beginning. First and foremost, thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week, as well as sometimes on the weekends when our Sunday special comes out. So let's get into it. Um, the first thing, and I could have went really a couple different directions with our lead topic. I don't think there is a lead one, but let's just go with this. Uh, Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition of Final Fantasy fame finally has a release date, and it's a worldwide release date. We had kind of got a story out that it was coming out in Japan on August the 27th, and there was kind of no news about Western release. Well, the next day they said, no, actually, that is the worldwide release date. That is August the 27th. That would be for PlayStation 4, Switch, iOS, and Android. Um, this is kind of news. We've been kind of waiting on this one. Of course, this is a remaster of the old GameCube game. So a lot of speculation, including myself, was why is it kind of taking so long to, to bring this one out? And I kind of think that's why... They were trying to implement it between uh, the two consoles and, of course, mobile as well. So you might be saying, what is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles? I am not even old enough to <laughs> remember playing on the GameCube and or I didn't have one. Oh, and or I didn't have uh, three other friends with each of us having a Game Boy Advance in order to connect. It was a whole litany of things you had to do in order to really take a full advantage of this one. So this is a multiplayer Final Fantasy experience, not an MMO as it is one to four players RPG. And it focuses on a young group known as the Crystal Caravans. They embark on an epic journey to search for, I'm not sure how you're supposed to say this, Myrrh? <laughs> M-Y-R-R-H? You tell me how that's supposed to be pronounced. I don't know. Uh, this is a precious and rare liquid, which is desperately needed to cleanse and maintain a crystal that protects them and their world from a poisonous gas. You, either on your own or with up to four friends, well, I guess up to three other friends, will embark on a perilous quest to explore lands full of secrets and face the dungeon dangerous monsters that lurk within. What is different about this remastered edition um <clears throat> excuse me uh, this is just a a sample of some of the things they've done improved visuals and audio uh, the game always had a unique sense of style and uh, with this remastered edition has never looked or sounded better you'll be able to explore this expansion expansive world with updated hd visuals and even enhanced audio there are now character voiceovers the inhabitants of the game have been brought to life with new voice acting, and this is now introducing online multiplier with crossplay. Crystal Chronicles is an amazing 
cooperative multiplayer experience. This remastered edition makes it easier than ever for people to play with. You'll be able to travel with up to three other players, and cross-play support means anyone who owns the game will be able to join. There are some new challenging dungeons. Uh, this uh, features new dungeons for you and your friends to battle through. Uh, they could say more in this press release, but uh, they'd rather you discover it for yourself. There's now a new mimic feature. They say by collecting stamps, visiting Moogle houses, or completing difficult dungeons, you'll get memory crystals, which you can use to change your character's appearance to that of various characters that you meet on your own adventure. Sounds like they've made a lot of improvements to this. Um, it definitely got a bump up in the visual department, although it's still not quite, you know, it, you're, I don't think you're going to show anybody this game and be like, oh, that looks like a brand new Switch game. It's, uh, it's kind of, you know, still looks like an older game that has been remastered. Not necessarily a bad thing, because this was a game that a lot of people missed out on, including myself. And I was, you know, I always got the idea that, you know, that, that little crystal that you guys carried around your caravan and kind of gives you that circle of opportunity to play in that it's safe a very unique gameplay you know mechanic could be a little annoying at times i'm sure but if you got some buddies to play along with would make it all the more foreign and by opening this up to ps4 switch and mobile there should be no shortage of players that you can take this epic journey on so again uh, we'll launch for all four platforms on August the 27th worldwide. If uh, you're looking forward to this one, let me know. Are you a fan of the original? You can head on over to Facebook on the stories that I post on it or just make a, a post and let us know if you are psyched up about this one or not. Seems like just about every week we get a new uh, character sub-episode little trailer from the fine folks over at Bandai Namco and developer Aquaria for the Sword Art Online Alcization Lycoris upcoming game. This week, we got a quick peek at Renly, R-E-N-L-Y. And uh, like about a minute long, as most of them are, really doesn't show a whole lot. It's still in its uh, original Japanese, so can't even really tell what they're saying but then at the very end does show that you know the ability to make different choices and uh well now you've if you've seen one of these videos you kind of seen them all because they're all exactly the same game is still due out ps4 xbox one and pc via steam on july the 10th but i say that because we got an actual trailer from them as well and this is kind of talking about the customization and exploration that's going to go on there they have a pretty robust character creation uh device and uh, even down to uh to name and i mean it is it's pretty cool what you can do with that here's an overview of the trailer they sent out and it shows you kind of what you can do with your character creation they say in the game you had the freedom to create your own avatar not only that uh, dictate your fashion even first, further with transmogrification. I have no idea. <laughs> I probably should look that word up to see what it means. Use weapon and armor to fully express your 
own personal flair and style. With the world as your oyster, exploration is just as important as hunting vicious monsters. Delve into multiple activities as you run, jump, climb, and even swim together the necessary ingredients to craft your own items. Smithing allows you to forge mighty weapons and added additional skills, engrave useful accessories to gain extra powers when equipped. And before heading out to save the world, don't forget about alchemy. Craft and stock up on medicine that will come in handy during any situation. And But after a long day, a hero must eat, hunt, or fish to gather the proper ingredients to whip up a delicious gourmet meal and wow your party. And they say, what's more important than food? Well, the people that you share your journey with. Sword Art Online, Alization Likers, allows you to earn social points to understand and get to know your partners better. Build stronger bonds with one another through meaningful conversations. These bond conversations allow you to learn something new about your partner, whether it's a tender, heartfelt moment or meaningful comment. Listen to your partner by choosing the proper response to affect the conversation and take it to the next level. The game is shaping up quite nicely. Won't have to wait too much longer. This one's doing out in just a little bit over a month. And I'm sure we'll have some more character trailers. And you can check out this trailer to see exactly what they're talking about if you head over to our YouTube channel, JRPG Report. You can see all the trailers of the week and then some. Pokemon Sword and Shield fans who have Starting to grow a little bit weary of the game or have completed it all the way through. You do have something to look forward to and uh, something to uh, access with your expansion pass. Coming very soon, June the 17th, you can now play expansion pass part one. That is the Isle of Armor. Uh, Publisher Nintendo and developer Game Freak announced so we'll talk about this one first this is uh, the the first new adventure unlocked by the expansion pass and um, this is the owl of armor an island in the galar region many pokemon make this island their home living freely amid the lust nature the island is also home for a dojo for pokemon battles players and their pokemon will train hard to become stronger under mustard the master of this dojo uh, you can't make this stuff up. There are newly discovered Pokemon to be had, as well as new Gigantamax forms. I hope I said that right. Uh, new legendary Pokemon exclusive moves. The new adventuring featured on this aisle include the Cramomatic tutor moves and Max Soup. But the expansion pass is not done there as uh, later on, I believe they're saying this is going to be in the fall, you will get expansion pass part two and it's called the Crown Tundra. Uh, a little bit more about that. This is the second area and it's a snow-swept realm of the Crown Tundra. In this frigid yet beautiful landscape with its jagged winter mountains and shining silvery landscape. People live in small communities where they support and rely on each other. A man named Peony will appoint the player as the leader of his exploration team in the Crown Tundra and task them with investigating the reaches of this frozen land. Players will also be able to explore the depths of the Pokemon dens seen during the Max Raid battles. Uh, 
What's more, it seems several previously unseen legendary Pokemon make the Crown Tundra their home. Uh, there are two of them with names I don't want to try to pronounce because I will butcher them. And uh, <laughs> actually, there's a bunch more of them. New characters, a Dynamax adventure, and the Galarian Star Tournament are all a part of this new expansion. There's a new trailer to go along with that that kind of shows off what you'll be seeing if you've got that expansion pass when Isle of Armor launches June 17th and then later on the fall with the Crown Tundra. It also seems like each week we've got a different delay. Um, delays are no... Uh, it, certainly it's always been a part of being a video game player, but uh, it seems like nearly every game that we talk about here has had some sort of delay associated with uh, the coronavirus. This one doesn't actually say that, but uh, Compile Heart delayed the releases of VVV Tunia and Mary Skelter Finale in Japan. Um, VVV Tunia was previously planned to come out July 2nd on PlayStation 4. It'll now be one month later on August the 6th. Keep in mind, these are Japan release dates. Whereas Mary Skelter Finale previously was supposed to be August the 27th. Now, about a month and a half later, that'll be on October the 8th. Kampal Hart said, quote, various circumstances such as development and production schedules, end quote, as reasons for the delay, which in a roundabout way was probably caused by the worldwide pandemic. However, they did not specifically say that. That's not a huge delay. You're talking a month and a month and a half. But that is also pretty much exactly what we've seen from these other games. Somewhere in that month to a month and a half delay because of uh, uh, various <laughs> contributing factors, as they say. Still no Western release for either of these de games. Obviously, whatever it was supposed to be will be pushed back a little bit. I dare say... Uh, you know, you may be looking at winter 2020 or 2021 for uh, perhaps both of these, maybe a little bit later for Mary Skelter. On a brighter note with Mary Skelter Finale, we did get some more details about the game, uh, including um, more characters and even this pretty cool zapping system. So first, the new characters... The first one that we have uh, information for is out of Jack's group, and her name is Atsu, O-T-S-U-U. She is a former nightmare girl who lives for her beloved Little Mermaid. Now, keep in mind all these names, it seems like they have fairy tale or Disney-inspired or whatever uh, names, so they're going to be all thrown out there. Uh, they say that despite becoming trying to become Little Mermaid's true prince, she sometimes shows the bashful and soft side you expect of someone her age. In Mary Skelter 2, she had hoped for a future in which Little Mermaid lives, which disrupted the balance of the world as a result. Uh, anytime I'm going to be talking about these games, there's going to be the possibility for uh, spoilers from the first two. That's You want to have 
a <laughs> sequel or multiple sequels, it's going to be hard not to throw some of that stuff out there. Um, Little Mermaid, who is not a mermaid, uh, is a wholly, wholeheartedly loyal girl who values the happiness of others more than her own. Her and Atsu vowed to marry each other. And, yeah, that's let's leave it right there. <laughs> um, characters in Red Riding Hood's group include Thumbelina. Although young in appearance, she is reliable, straightforward, and the oldest of the three sisters. But in front of Jack, she is unable to be herself and even takes an aggressive attitude. There is Cinderella, a girl with a condescending and bratty tone. <laughs> Although she is more confident in herself thanks to Jack, her habit of getting depressed for some reason or another is still prevalent. Those are the newest characters. Let's talk about that zapping system. So this is pretty cool. Um, this allows you to switch between protagonists in real time and make your way through the tower based. Uh, there are multiple protagonists in the game. I believe I've seen there's um, there's at least six so far. Uh, they say there may even be more. So you can explore the same dungeon while not being aware of each other's presence. Use your wits to navigate each protagonist and guide them through paths otherwise impossible to tread. You kind of know this type of games before. that We've seen in Cold Steel a couple times as well where you split up into groups and in order for every group to advance, once that's go down a certain path, maybe hit a switch to open a door, that type of thing. However, um, you know, with six of them, I don't know how much that's going to be a part of it. Uh, they do say as you progress, there may be points where you can no longer be forward. If you feel like you can do not do that because of a dead end, switch to another protagonist and explore. By solving puzzles, you can open a door for another group, allowing them to progress. Uh, but they do say um, that there's some sort of thing called an item dumpster found in each dungeon. You can put items and equipment possessed by each protagonist group in the box, and you can transfer them to another. So let's say you've got you know, three sets of the same equipment, and uh, you don't need that anymore. Well, put in the old item dumpster... <laughs> And uh, another group can then access that and uh, get some better equipment. Maybe there's items that are needed. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but sounds like a pretty cool uh, mechanic. Um, going to be a while before we see this game, obviously, we just talked about. But it's not uh, it's not looking too bad. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, of course, if we get this one over here, which I would say it's a decent possibility. We've got another web commercial and some new images for The Legend of Heroes, Hajimari Nokozeki, during a recent Dengeki PlayStation live stream. I can't really talk about the commercial, although it doesn't show too much. And these are new characters, so it's not going to ruin much. But the information that we got, I can talk about. And it seems pretty cool. Uh, this uh, some they shared these screenshots of the game's new quote true uh, rever. I should have probably figured out how to say this word reverie corridor, R E V E R I E, and it is a freely accessible, randomly generated, large scale side dungeon set in a different extra dimensional 
space where various events and conversations that do not occur in the main story will unfold. The elements you strengthen and items you obtain here can be brought back to the main story. Using special items known as reverie fragments, you can unlock and strengthen various systems, including max BP increase, assault gauge expansion, etc. And by releasing ceiling stones, you can unlock character episodes and various mini games. Don't go looking at these articles <laughs> and uh, um, web commercials because if you have not played all four of them, including Cold Steel 4, which has not come out yet, and possibly including um, the Crossbell series, which has never been released in the West, and all the Sky games, you're going to see things you probably don't want to see. Um, I saw a screenshot of the um, roster. I guess it was on like a menu screen of characters that you could select. And I want to say there was close. They're saying there's going to be 40. I could see about 30 to choose from. And I don't know how you're going to do it. I seriously do not know how you're going to choose a party in this game. I had difficult decisions to make in Cold Steel 3. And at best, you're talking about the new and old Class 7s, maybe a, a special guest here or there. That was not easy to do. I do not even fathom. It's going to be very difficult in Cold Steel 4, and it's going to be impossible in Hajimari. Assuming we get it, whenever we get it, in a few years. But greatly looking forward to that game, and I will continue to bring you um, very selective pieces of information where I can uh, going forward. Another game I am really looking forward to, uh, it's one of those things like, you know, sometimes games are announced and you're intrigued, it piques your interest, but ultimately you're kind of like, yeah, I just don't know, I, I'm not invested in that. Um, perhaps it's based on an anime series that you know nothing about. Um, but for me, it's starting to kind of be like maybe fairy tale is starting to click some, some of those boxes. I, I still don't know. Of course it got delayed a little bit ago back to, um, July 31st here in North America, July 30th in Europe and Japan. So still got right under two months to go until this one comes out. But uh, we got about 25 minutes of new gameplay footage. This came during the Cloud Matsuri 2020 live stream. This uh, takes place, um, it's a pure chunk of the game, and it's about two to three hours into it, where the Fairy Tale Guild has come to Crocus, C-R-O-C-U-S, the capital of Fiori, to participate in the grand magic games. So I kind of skimmed through most of this. I want to, I really want to see the battle system uh, of that 25 minutes. A good 20 minutes is all dialogue, kind of some exploring the town, running around, um, characters who I have no clue, <laughs> uh, talking with each other. And, um, obviously if you're a fan of the anime, you're going to know what's going on. I've not watched a single episode, so I have no, no frame of reference whatsoever but then it gets you know they're in kind of this arena and they start having the fight it looks pretty cool like i like the effects that are going on it's it's something that has got my attention and we'll just have to see how it pans out 
it's Gust and Koi Tecmo, so you kind of know what you're going to, what you've gotten from them in the past. Gust has kind of made some improvements here lately. They're they're starting to become a bit more of a player. This one is different and new, and I may give it a shot. We'll see. It may not be one of those day one purchases, but it depends. If nothing else comes out, I may be leaning towards it. How are you feeling about it? Is it on your radar? Are you just completely dismissing it? How does it go for you? That's a pretty good halfway point. We'll have uh, some more stories to talk about on the other side, as well as some Xenoblade talk at the end. You're listening to episode 115 of the JRPG Report. All right, now that we got that all taken care of, let's get back into the news. Um, we got a confirmation that Death End Request will launch for PlayStation 4 and PC via Steam this summer. In North America and Europe, publisher Idea Factory International announced. Now that late, I'd say it's probably going to be late summer, considering how we are... Oh, 20 days away from summer beginning, and they weren't committal to a even a month time frame. But, you know, you're probably talking about that late August into September region, summer's in there. Additionally, the publisher, uh, they put out the opening movie. You can check that out over on YouTube, uh, JRPG Report. And they also shared some details on the game's day and night system. Now, gameplay is split between two time periods. Day and night, obviously. <laughs> During midday, you can visit the dormitory and explore La Caloria to search for clues. Uh, in e- as evening sets in, the town metamorphoses into a haunted shell of itself. In the shadows sneak carnivorous creatures of the night. Players must delve into both day and night to learn in full what horrific secrets are buried beneath this secluded town they ask will my survive long enough to find her younger sister shaving up to be an interesting game it looks pretty cool we'll just have to wait and see when we get it in the west sometime later on this summer Uh, genshin impact gave us its latest character and that is chongyun c-h-o-n-g-y-u-n me Hoyo updated their official website and gave us this character. Here is the uh, description of it. Um, he's an exorcist who rooms who roams the land of Larry as his base of operations. Evil spirits fling wherever he goes. As heir to a clan of exorcists, he has always possessed abilities superior to most. However, these abilities are not the result of training, but an inborn trait. Con, con, <laughs> congenital positivity. His quote is, Once I have rid, the, rid this world of all evil spirits, I will break with my abstinence and go to the hot springs. Apparently the guy likes hot springs. Genshin Impact is getting closer and closer to an eventual release date sometime in 2020. You can still sign up for the closed beta, which will be held sometime in quarter three head over to the just google genshin impact and i'll get you over there to their website p cube asia took to twitter 
and they were going to announce that the Western release of the ridiculously long titled Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Infinite Combate. <laughs> I guess that's how you say it. There's a E at the end of combat. It has been delayed until summer 2020. They'd already missed that original release date of early 2020 in that release window, so they're now saying sometime later on this summer. Of course, they cited delays with COVID-19 lockdowns in Japan as the reason for the date being pushed back. It has already been in Japan, at least uh, back last November. But, yeah, it's still going to be probably a little bit longer it's supposed to release for PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam at some point in time. Um, if you were like myself, and before Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, you were frantically trying to find a Butterfinger, or a Crunch Bar, or a, there was one other one that you could have gotten, uh, Baby Roos. Um, turns out you didn't have to do that. Because now the Tifa theme that you got by consuming that candy and putting the special codes and all that fun stuff, that theme is now available for all PlayStation 4 owners. However, I greatly enjoyed not only the uh, amazing theme that came with it, but the Crunch Bar was delicious. So I have no regrets whatsoever. But if you were holding out and didn't want to spend those couple bucks to get that theme, I can't blame you. But you can now download that for free via the PSN store. Uh, the turn-based strategy RPG Banner of Made will launch for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch sometime in 2020. Publisher CE Asia and developer Azure Flame Studio announced. The game first launched on PC in China back in May 2019, and was followed by PC releases via Steam and Western Markets back in February. They're saying it's coming to consoles sometime this year. This game is very interesting. It's definitely a um, strategy RPG with some turn-based combat thrown in there, but it's set during an alternate French Revolution timeline. So you've got historical figures kind of thrown in there um army battles generals all that stuff i'm not sure if it's going to have people going to the guillotine or not but it's an interesting idea i'm always kind of think that's cool when they take actual historical periods and then make uh games in there the, the shadow heart series is one of the first ones that come to mind that a really well done way of doing that so I've actually got a couple of Xenoblade Chronicles, I'm throwing up the old air quotes there, news stories to tell you about before we talk about my gameplay experience. Uh, the fine folks over at the Good Smile Company are getting together with, uh, uh, they've done this for previous Xenoblade Chronicles 2 characters, but now it is being reported that they're going to be working on a Milia figure. I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. I've not gotten to her quite yet. Mila. Uh, everyone's got a different way of pronouncing their, <laughs> their name. So it is coming soon. They're calling this a scale figure. 
and it's kind of uh, so early in development, they don't have a prototype yet, but they have announced that they're going to be doing that. Um, the company usually does a one-seventh scale. Um, if you recall, this is the same company that bought us the awesome uh, Pyra and Mithra figures from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. They did announce that those are getting a rerun some point this year. Um, they even did Cosmos into a one-seventh uh, scale figure as well. Now, these are not cheap. Um, I believe there were somewhere in that 150 range that may even be conservative speaking. So start uh, saving that cash right now. Um, I think you can get on and still find some of these figures floating around, so they may even be more than that. But extremely well made. The uh, Pirate and Mithra in particular kind of had like these two bases that you could join together, so they could kind of be like um, right there beside each other if you had a ton of free cash and um, your significant other didn't mind you spending tons of money on action figures. There's, I have a collection. You guys have probably seen this before, but there is a certain dollar amount that I'm just not really <laughs> willing to go much past, and neither. it's hard to explain away that period, let alone when you're talking about hundreds of dollars. It's just kind of crazy. Another story that came out, this was from the June 2020 issue of Famitsu, and they interviewed Malasas Hirohai Segura. And he talked about some of his previous years in the industry. And what I kind I won't read you the uh, entire interview, but he was saying that back in the day, he was working for Square, and that was right. Although he didn't work on Xenogears, he fell in love with that game. And uh, that came out in 1998. And so around that point in time, there was some talk about making a Xenogears 2, but as we all know, that didn't happen. And what he was saying, he didn't like say this is the entire reason for it. There were many factors that went into it. But during the interview, it was definitely at least a, a contributing factor that Square pouring all that money into, you may not even know this, the movie, because it was so uh, <laughs> poorly received. They made a movie called Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. This came out in 2001. And I'm of an age that I remember really looking forward to this movie, going to the theater and watching it, and then never watching it again. It... <laughs> It was had no business being called Final Fantasy, but we won't go down that path. Anyway, because Square sunk so much money into this movie that Ziggers 2 and probably other things just never uh, saw the light of day. And that is one reason why, in part, it led to him forming Monosoft back in 1999 with the help of several others. And since they wanted to carry on this legacy of Xenogears, but obviously didn't own the rights to it. That's why they ended up going with Xenosaga Episode 1 in 2002 for the PlayStation 2. Um, they say when it first started out as uh, Namco, then Bandai Namco Studio ended up being acquired by Nintendo in 2007. Um, as of February 2020, Monosoft has 243 employees. So, 
thought that was a pretty interesting story of how one man's desire to want to carry on the legacy of a game that he truly loved led down a completely different path and hence why not only do we get uh, re-re-release of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 but then part 2 many fans are fans of X and then another new game in development so it's kind of interesting um, how Square's decision to make a movie back uh, many years ago has led to uh, a pretty cool JRPG series that we know and love today. So obviously by this point, my initial estimation of 30 minutes for the podcast has been incorrect. Uh, But you never know how long it takes me to talk about these things. I can only guesstimate. I just want to talk for a few minutes about Xenoblade Chronicles, how much I'm really enjoying this game. Um, I have a unique look at it that, you know, obviously you guys heard my conversation with Jordan. You've heard me talk extensively about playing part two ad nauseum. So also, you know, a fan of the Xenosaga series as well. I think for me, I came in with some pretty high expectations for this. Um, Many people had even gone to say that part one was better than part two. So I think my initial impression of the game was a little disappointing. However, the more and more I play this one, I definitely am loving the game. It is very well done. The story is awesome. Uh, the exploration is is fantastic. Um, it is definitely that world. It's just different. I think part of my disappointment is some of the visual side of it. I am coming from a a world of PlayStation 4 and, you know, just playing Remake, one of, if not the best-looking game that we've seen so far, Persona 5 Royal, which is a very good-looking game as well. And then I fire up my Switch, and I'm playing a Wii game, which absolutely looks so much better than it did but as my wife asked me a couple hours into it she asked if this was a remaster a remake of it and of course i had to say yes you can tell it's not been made from the ground up and i've kind of noticed in spots it kind of it looks like there's some drop areas in terms of they touched up this over here, but didn't here. So the quality kind of drops a little bit at times. Um, <laughs> a really fun part. I was in a boss fight last night and kind of the, you know, cut scene uh, build up right before the fight. And at one point we were all floating in midair. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the platform beneath us was completely gone. It was those are the type of moments that, that definitely give you a good chuckle. Uh, but then it's really odd because there are times when you're looking at, and it's completely gorgeous. Like it does a really good job in certain spots. So I'm not quite sure what's going on on it. Now I can definitely say this because, um, I am capturing it with my laptop and then, you know, uploading to YouTube. You can, uh, small plug, you can check all that out on the YouTube channel, my nightly playthroughs. And so I've got the capture screen 
on the laptop and I believe it's 17 inches. It looks so, so much better on that small screen. And then when you blow it up on my 65 inch, there's, uh, it's not made for that. And I think a lot of that is the fact that it was a Wii game. TVs and resolutions have greatly increased since then. And so you're getting a little bit more bleh look to it. All that being said, that's just the way it looks. Plays great. I don't know which battle system I prefer. I kind of feel like I um, I kind of approach each battle, at least at this point, in a very similar fashion. And I'm still getting used to it in a lot of ways. Um, But it's good. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've definitely grown attached to the characters and I got just got to a certain point I think I'm in that 12 to 15 hour range right now where the story is really starting to pick up I've got a few more characters who just got introduced and I'm now actually tonight when I load it up I'll have to make that first party choice and so that isn't that always the part of the JRPG that you kind of love and dread at the same time if you've got a party that you love you don't want to mess with it if you got a couple people that you could care less about, you can't wait to get them as new characters. I think right now, I've, it's just three people in the party. I like the way they work. It works well. And I just got two more. And I'm not real sure how it's going to work. There's one that I'd really like to get in there. But I don't know who I'd take out to make that happen. <laughs> um, maybe it's a point, you know, with Xenoblade, it's interesting because... While there's healing in battle, once the battle is done, your characters slowly, you know, it ticks back all up. Well, not slowly, it's pretty quickly, you know, a couple seconds and you're back to full full health. Same thing if you jump off a cliff, um, you're probably going to be okay as long as it's not a big cliff. You may survive it and your health will come right back. So unless there's an enemy just waiting to pounce on you. Healing is only really necessary when you get a big group of it or for boss fights. So maybe I can just kind of go, you know, big offensive for a while and see how that kind of works out. Um, There's multiple ways to play in terms of difficulty. Uh, There is that casual mode that we talked about. You can play it normal. And there's an expert as well, which you can adjust your settings. You can set to where you're not really getting experience. Now, and Jordan kind of, we've been texting back and forth. He told me about this, that you're probably going to need to grind a little bit more than maybe you're used to. And one of the reasons why I do side quests the way I do it is that gets me the levels that I need, usually in order to be fine. And I got about two hours into it, into the first cave, quote unquote, dungeon. And faced a unique enemy who was probably two or three levels below me, And he just wiped the floor with me. It wasn't even funny. Uh, A few hours later, I get to a big boss fight. And it's not even close. Like, I'm just completely destroyed. At that point, I knew I needed to go do some grinding. Go do some side quests. Level up a little bit. And when I went back, by that point, I mean couple hours later like this wasn't a a 10 minute go find a few people you had to really do some 
some serious grinding to do that. And everything was fine. Um, <laughs> and then at some point last night, I get to an area where not only are boss fights and unique monsters tough, you can get ganged up on pretty easily. So I had one unique monster, which I probably could have handled on its own just fine. But then here comes all his friends. Here comes a battle group that weren't necessarily supposed to be part of it, but they kind of got sucked into it. So I might've been facing like 10 people at the same time or animals, whatever you want to look at it. And it was just not going to work. I probably do that two or three times until I kind of, you kind of, kind of pick them off and fight your battles a little bit more (laughs) smartly. You just can't go in willy nilly, but I'm learning it. I'm getting a appreciation for it. Um, What's really fun with this one is all the customization. So not every piece of equipment, but darn near most of it, you can equip a helmet, chest armor, arms, legs, and feet all have um, visual armor to them. So, and you can miss and match those and you can pick what armor that you are actually equipping. So you pick the best one, but then you can choose which piece you want to show. So as long as you have acquired that piece of armor, you don't have to have it with you actively. As long as you've acquired it, you can choose that as one of your appearance options. So let's say, well, let's just say you want to keep the original look for the entire game. You can do that. If you got something at the beginning that you really liked, you want to stick with it, fine. If you got something new and miss a match, a lot of different options that way. I was very impressed and have found myself kind of mixing and matching until I find something that I enjoy. You can take the helmet completely. You can, well, you can run around in your underwear. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to have the helmet. You can choose the, the, uh, to the no look of it. That's always, I don't wear the helmets cause they just are kind of ridiculous to to see them on there but i'm really digging some of these conversations and if it just if it weren't for that visual aspect i think i'd be like head over heels with this one i'm not saying don't get it it's a fantastic game it's something that everybody's going to want to experience and i'm not even got until the real juicy bitch yet and i'm already pretty hooked on it but it's kind of just one of those, like, I was at the mountaintop <laughs> with the remake and how pretty it was. So no matter what kind of came after that, it was not going to be as, as pretty looking. And we know the Switch's limitations. It's not going to be able to compete with the PS4, especially not a pro. I realize that it's just kind of hard to look at sometimes. Um, I think a lot, and one other factor, which is purely on me, is I played part two a lot in handheld mode. I did not play it on the TV as much. I can't remember the exact circumstance of that, but now I'm playing on the TV. And so some of those, um, deficiencies are a little more glaring. I think, like I said, that's pure on me. Nothing I can do about it, but great game. Lots of fun. Definitely. Definitely recommend it. I believe you'll enjoy it 
as well. That's going to do it for episode 115. I hope you have enjoyed our news stories and my ramblings about Xenoblade Chronicles. You knew we were going to get something at some point in time. We'll be back on Sunday with a special. I don't know what's going to go on. Like I kind of previewed in the last Sunday special that we're at this point in time to where news can break any day. We're waiting for a lot of things to come out. Uh, State of plays are going to be coming out. We've got uh, IGN days of summers coming out. We've got all the announcements that were supposed to come out around E3. So very strong possibility that some of our Sunday specials are going to get turned into another podcast. And I can't tell you what's going to happen. I'm not really going to be making plans to do something because something could definitely pop up in the next couple of days. So I've got a couple of ideas on the back burner to fall back on. Ideally, I'd love to have two podcasts a week for the month of June because it should have some big stuff in it. And I don't want to wait, you know, if something came out tomorrow, I don't want to wait six days to report to you guys. I don't feel like that would be doing anybody any justice. So I'm kind of keeping a little bit fluid right now and keeping myself able to cover things. So you're not going to hear previews <laughs> for upcoming podcasts. I'll just bring them to you and uh, hopefully they'll be amazing and awesome. Don't forget, give us a like on Facebook, subscribe, and uh, give us likes on YouTube. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'll be retweeting not only the latest news on there, but also some cool things that pop up. Uh, a lot of cool artists, you know, putting um, their spin on characters in the JRPG world. I like to share those type of things. So you'll definitely want to follow us on all the socials. I keep them, uh, keep them updated as often as I can. Support the podcast, either at the bottom of the link for Anchor, or check out Patreon for JRPG Report. I'll be more than happy to accept your support. Till next time, guys, that's going to do it for episode 115. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for listening in. Get back out there and level up. <laughs>